I'm comedian Timmy Boyle, and this is the greatest live Instagram comedy experience that nobody knew about. March of 2020, I just arrived home from tour when COVID-19 shut down the world. So despite being severely technically challenged, I started a daily live Instagram show right here from my living room. Because how hard could it be? And how long could a pandemic last? Apparently longer than five months. So now, a hundred episodes later, I've called comedians as diverse in experience as they are in style from all around the world to discuss comedy, life, and, well, whatever. I had no goals, which was a great idea. I avoided tech checks, which was a bad idea. And I eventually wore no pants. The jury's still out on that one. And my OJ, over 150 days, transformed from refreshing drink to rancid mystery liquid right before our eyes. It was a random, free-flowing, hilariously messy ride into the minds and backstage lives of entertainers where anything could happen, and did, including a trip to a goat farm. Overcoming a lack of direction, resources, and tech ineptness, as well as multiple zombie cyber attacks, a project not expected to last even a week soon developed into a must-watch show like no other. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself, right here on another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Is that it? Did we get it all? Awesome. Well, here we are once again, folks. It is uh, 7 o'clock on a day. Who knows when? Um, I don't know about you, but I have literally lost track of all days over the last, uh, uh, well, for me, probably the last 20 years. I haven't had a weekend that I really could decide what day it was for a long time. But uh, this uh, this COVID thing has uh, has really kind of I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. I don't even know if we're still in April, quite frankly. I want to thank you, though, for uh, for joining in tonight. My name is Timmy Boyle from Upstanding Comedy, and you are currently watching Calling Comedians Into Quarantine every night uh, over the last uh, well, almost four weeks now. This is episode 26. We have been calling comedians from all around North America who, like myself and many of you, are in their living rooms. And so tonight I am bringing in one more comic from their living room into my living room and ultimately into yours. Tonight we're going to talk to Jason Earls about comedy, life, quarantine, and uh, hopefully in the, along the way we can uh, provide a little bit of laughter, maybe encourage you, give you some insight about how to handle the zombies, which certainly are going to be coming out in larger numbers along the way. And then other than that, we have no idea how this thing is going to unfold. If you've watched past episodes, you will know that there is one goal on this show, and that is to have no goals. That way, we always succeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming in tonight here on the 26th episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. I'm going to bring Jason Earls in, and he is going to fill us in on how he has been doing. Every time I push this button, my phone keeps moving. Here we go. Let's Jason Earls, are you there? Jason Earls. 
What's up? How are you, my friend? Hey, cheers, my friend. Cheers. I got my, my Timmy boy, man. Hey, man, you, you, you got to have one with the logo. Let me, let me get one of those down to you. Yeah, you need to send one, man. I, I, I tell my kids about the Timmy boy. Look, I, <laughs> That's I, awesome. I, I man. actually said, uh, man, I need to make up my own drink after that, man. You haven't done it yet, though, eh? Yeah, I did the other night with my daughter. I like, man, we can call it a J Easy. That's what <laughs> nice. And what what is it? Can do we know? Can we know the ingredients? Maybe leave one out. Yeah, it, it's just um, it's it's cran apple juice and sweet tea mixed. Oh, like sweet tea, like what we call iced tea. Yes, exactly. Iced tea, okay, and cran apple, and if you and put and cran apple juice. Yep. And if you put drink, if you put some alcohol in it, we're gonna call it a non-denominational drink. <laughs> and if it's if it's a virgin drink, it's a it's a Baptist. You know, you got the J Easy Baptist and the J Easy non-denominational. I grew I grew up in the Baptist church, and uh, I believe by by the rules of that church, I am technically, despite having three children, I am a virgin from the day that I'm born till I die. <laughs> That's, it's just, it's, I think it's, it's in, it's in the actual documentation. So. Yeah. So, yeah right. It's in the creed. They actually chant it. Yeah. Hey man, I like those glasses. Thanks man. Uh, I got them on special. So I typically don't perform in glasses. Yeah. Uh, I, I stopped. I, I've been wearing them, wearing glasses since I was in seventh grade. Yep. But I typically don't wear them because my eyesight, I would say my eyesight is so good. I don't wear them all the time, but a brother hit 43, and I'm I like, it, eh? I, I still can survive without them. I still can see everything, yep. but it's just not as clear. So, and then I got some some glasses on sale, and I was like, I like these gray ones. They're I like cool. those. I, uh, I wore glasses for three years because um, I couldn't see, so I played baseball, and I couldn't see the ball. At, at dusk time coming off the bat. Yeah. And so I started to wear them for that, but then I got tired of always taking them off and carrying cases. So I wore them nonstop. So one day I decided I'm sick and tired of wearing these things because I can see. Right. Like it was just that one little thing. And um, so I took them off and now everybody's like, oh, you're healed. And so I just kind of, I take that. I, I, I don't even tell them the rest of the story. I just say, yep, it's it, it, it healed. That's great, man. I uh, yeah, I st I didn't wear mine for like a year or two, and then I, you know, then sometimes when I'm driving at night, of course, all the the big family I've got, I got to take care of them. I still can drive at night without them, but I just I just don't, you know. Oh man, you you do you got what do you have six kids? I got half a dozen, baby. Yes, sir. Okay, now Look, at, at and what my brother point? just popped in. What's up, bro? Rob, yes. you know Rob PC4? Dude, that is my big brother, man. Nice. Well, we've got, it uh, looks like we've got a mix. I'm trying to scroll through here. We've got a mix of people who I know and people who I don't. So that's always nice. Just as a refresher, everybody, as we begin this show here, my name's Timmy Boyle up on top. That's Jason Earls below, unless your phone is upside down. Um, and you are watching Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Listen, at what point on your journey towards six kids did you decide you were going to go for six. Like, did that not happen until the, the fifth one? Or what? how do you get to that point? When I settled at six is when we miscarried with the seven. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And you said, that's it. No, man. Uh, no, it's funny, man. I always knew that I wanted a lot of kids. When I was in college, I was a, a camp counselor, in fact. Dude, I was YMCA counselor of the, of the year. Boom. Nice. And I, I recognized then that I could, I could manage a good group of, a, a lot of kids. In fact, my man, Bernard Hinton, just yeah. popped in the room. He and I worked at the YMCA together. And we do. We had some good groups. I think he had Nard. What group did you have? Like, tell me. The, I think Nard had the seven and eight year olds, and I had the nine and ten or ten and eleven, eight and nine. Anyway, and I recognized then that I could manage twelve kids and know them very well and knew their personalities, and that just always stuck out with me. I, I would tell parents stuff about their kids they wouldn't know sometimes. Wow. So then I was like, man, if I can manage 12 kids, maybe I'm gifted to have a lot. I ain't trying to have 12. <laughs> six, six, man, if, well, that, that makes sense, though, because it's easier. Look, you can manage all the kids in the world, right? But I think parenting is the one thing you can't ever prepare for. So if you could handle 12 other people's kids, six is probably a good number for you because there's so much more personal baggage attached to that. Yeah, dude, I think, what's up? Big Six is in the building. This one nice. Big uh, Six, welcome. Uh, yeah, but I think everybody does have, have their number. And yeah. I really think my number my number is six. I was, we had five. Five felt empty. It felt like, not empty, but it, wasn't, it didn't feel full. Yeah. And we had six. The family feels complete. But here's what's interesting. We're sitting around the house, especially like during quarantine, we, we have a lot of family time anyway, on quarantine, out of quarantine. But a lot of times we'll all be together as a family and say, man, it feels like somebody's missing. That is the weirdest thing. Even when I look at family pictures, it feels like somebody's missing. Even though they're all there? Even though they're all there. We were watching a movie night before last. And I was like, somebody's missing, man. Dude, it's, it's so weird. So we like... Now we did, we did lose two babies and like through miscarriage. Okay. And we we named them. Don't don't get sad, everybody. It's uh you know, but we we actually gave every those two children names, and we talk about them. Uh, but we we still don't feel like that's what's missing. I don't know if we just supposed to like have other people. To I am. Uh-oh. Tim's frozen. Are you I okay. You there? Dude, I, I, I do feel like I'm done. In you fact, there now? Uh-oh. I'm here. Okay, all right. Hey, uh okay. Am so, I here? What's that? Can you hear Am me? Am I here? Should I jump off? Should I Yeah, I can hear you. I'm I can hear you fine. Okay, we're okay now. Yeah, at some point there, uh, something went something went weird. So, um, well, I was gonna say, oh, okay. So, how do you? So, my my kids, my three kids are um, like four years apart, each one of them. Mm -hmm. We had a hard time finding something to do with all three of those kids that they'd all enjoy. You just said you sat down to watch a movie. How do you watch a movie that six kids from all across the ages all enjoy at the same time? Beat them. No, <laughs> no, man, we've, it's, it's funny, man. Our kids have consistently 
uh, connected. Uh, even what we, we that stuff starts in the womb, really. Yeah. Like when before the baby was born, every child was born. We would give that child. We would name the child, and we would always tell the kids, like, don't just say bye to your mom. Say bye to the baby. Uh, and we would say that particular name. So we would talk about that child as a person that it was in the womb. And so it, that created a relationship. So after the child was born, well, right before the child would be born, of course, the young kids like, I'm tired of talking to this baby that's in mom's stomach. When is he going to come? <laughs> so when the arrival happens, the, the kids are excited because now this kid that they've been talking to, who they couldn't see, is now here. And that that just creates a a love for, that they have for each other, so they consistently connect with each other. In fact, my my nine year old, my eight year old, my ten year old, uh, those two they share a room. Do we put them to bed the other night at ten o'clock, Tim? Mm. They were up. Yeah. At twelve thirty, laughing and talking. I'm talking to an eight and a ten year old, just laughing, lights out, laughing wow. and talking. So they, they 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 really enjoy each other. What's up, Caleb? What's up, Casey? So, but what you're what you're saying here right now to me, as I'm listening to all this, is this how you got like the title, a comedy familyologist? Is that how you pronounce it? Comedy familyologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that what does that mean? It, it sounds like. That you're you're able to to talk about fit. Do you do you do that? Do you speak on family issues in incorporating comedy? You know, as I had the opportunity to, and it's not necessarily marketed. It started with Michael Jr. and you know Michael Michael Jr. And I are very 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 close. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Michael says some stuff. As Michael has helped me. Uh, just a lot with you know in the comedy industry. Michael has said time and time, he's like, dude, I've learned a lot about you, a lot, lot from you on how to be a family dude. And uh, he's like, dude, it seems like every time you you talk about family, you talk with the sense of authority. Like people listen, it's, it impacts people. People learn a lot. Hmm. So um, so man, I he challenged me one day. He's like, man, how come you don't have any stuff on family? And he's like, man, you need to come up with it, like almost come up with a separate brand. Uh, you know, let's come up with some videos. And so I, 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 I did some videos. I came up with the name that like to try to, to try to talk about the one term that communicates what I do with family. And so we call it a comedy familyologist. Just, you know, know that you can have some fun talking family but you also can have fun and learn some stuff about family. So that's how it happened. So, uh, okay, you're, you're in Dallas, Texas right now, correct? That's where you're quarantined with the family? I am, yep. Right outside of Dallas, the suburb. Originally from where? Portsmouth, Virginia, baby. P-Town. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Portsmouth, Virginia. Two up, two down. What's Wait, up, Chris? How could a guy be so passionate about Virginia and, and be moved to, to, to Dallas? What, how'd that happen? I see Norcom High School. Listen, man, you don't understand. So here's how. <laughs> I love my hometown. All of yeah, that's you, clear. A lot of what you see is because I stand on so many folks' shoulders in my hometown of yeah. Port Virginia. Um, it's, it's Virginia's small town. 
It's actually where the Norfolk Naval Shipyard is. Okay. Uh, what, what, the, you know, they, they built ships. This is known for being a shipbuilding town uh, back during World War I, World War II, two times. And um, segregated, well, it's, it's basically black and white. Of course, yeah. I know you're in Canada. Y'all don't have some of the issues that we have down in the good old South. We like to believe not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, I, I came from a very close-knit community. Uh, and where where the the elders of the of the city of our community uh, really poured into who who I am, um, man, aunts and uncles, different people in the community. So when I talk about Portsmouth, it's me. It's it's who I am, man. That's yep. awesome. Hey, I got a couple questions on here from other people. If okay. you had your own camp, what would it be called? What would be the name of your camp? It's funny, actually. It's funny that you say that. M my kids and I, we, and my wife, we talk about having our own camp, and what will we call it? Because uh, I just feel like you meet my kids, man, uh, man. My not just. I feel like my kids are an extension of of me and my heart. I, I watch my kids and how they interact with people. My son at sixteen years old was working at a camp. Uh, my kids, they're so good with with kids and teaching, having fun. So we talked about if what would be the one project where we feel like all of our family can just pour into and make an impact, and it would be a camp. <laughs> so we, I don't know what would we name it though. I don't, hey kids, Alex, <laughs> Alex, hey guys. If we had a camp, what would we call it? I feel like we had that. Who? Earl's camp. Uh, Andrew, where you at, Drew? That's my 12, about to be 13. Should, what would we why, call it? Why don't you just name it after your favorite kid? That's okay, scary. Andrew camp. He said Andrew camp. <laughs> come here, come here. Let's, let's see the people. Oh, yeah. Yes, y'all can come in. Can't ruin it. Can't, can't ruin it. I don't know if we have a screen big enough for six kids. No, who's, we don't. Who's this? Is this Andrew? This is Andrew. Andrew's Andrew, Andrew, Timmy from Canada. Cheers, my friend. That's Tim. That's one of the dudes when I when I did the tour in Canada, he was the MC for the camps. The one when we were at the game, we're about to. Yes. Oh, yes, dude. Remember? Uh, who was it? Tell, tell. Yeah, uh, it was like the outdoor from the Rangers. Punched Bautista like when he like ran past second base. Do you remember that? What when uh what when Bautista got clocked by uh Odor? Yes. I yeah, was I'll... in Canada then. They were at the game. He was at the game. Yeah? Where, yeah. That you know they of course you know why he got punched, right? Because of the epic bat flip. Did you, you guys remember that bat flip? Mm-mm. No? Oh, that was why he got punched because Batista hit that home run in the playoffs, and then Odor went after him. Uh, but uh, for for to be fair, my guy uh, Batista didn't go down. It was a good it was a good clock. But he didn't go down. He didn't go it down. Was, it was a nice fight. What, what were you doing up at the game that? Uh, wait, you're just taking like a one day trip into Canada to watch a baseball game? Oh, actually, it was it was in t at the Rangers Stadium. But, uh, oh, you, oh, you, oh that's right. It was down in it was down at, at, at the Rangers game. That's right. Yeah. 
Was it was that was it exciting? Were you guys all pumped about a fight on a baseball diamond? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, here, let me show you. Let me just take you a little stroll here. Um, so baseball. right up here. So that's my boy Batista with the bat flip. There he is tossing the bat. Um, that was when he uh, he took out took out your your Rangers there in 2015. Are you a uh, are you guys are you guys a sports family? Oh yeah, dude. Most of us don't write on that. That's permanent. Yeah, dude. Andrew is a ball player, dude. He can play some baseball. Can play that's football my, as that, well. That's and my basketball. game, Andrew. What what position do you play? Shortstop. Boom. Center field. Boom. Nice. I was a second baseman and then I moved to center and uh, never lost. I'm just playing. I'm what? like <laughs> So I'm like LeVar Ball when it comes to my son. So I'm just playing. So Andrew, does your does your is your dad a good ball player? Does he help you out? Nah, nah, nah. Now now with baseball, nah. Now with baseball but with other things. Yeah. Uh wait, there's actually a question. Look at you're getting questions on the show here. Um, Andrew, what does your dad cook that you like to eat? There you go. That's Alicia. a random question, but feel free to answer yeah. it. Uh, I'll bring my my daughter uh, get a kick out of this too. Go ahead, go ahead, answer the question. You don't have? You, is he a good cook? I can't think of anything. <laughs> You don't, need, you don't need to be worried about answering the question in any way. There's only nine people watching, so it's all good. Time out, bro. I cooked last week, and you you came back for seconds. You did? Come on, bro. What did you do? Them home fries. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. Was that Pretty Ricky? Somebody Pre calls him Pretty Ricky? Uh, <laughs> What's the Pretty Ricky? That doesn't even rhyme with Andrew. How do you get Pretty Ricky? Pretty Rick is what they call him. That's a uh, urban colloquialism, almost. So basically, when Andrew was when Andrew was a baby, man, his eyes turned different colors. They were green one moment, gray the next moment. He still got so we always called him Pretty Ricky. And he also used to have this Batman. I mean, the Spider Man suit. He had some white dress shoes that we got him for Easter one year. And he would wear the he would wear the bet the Spider Man suit with the white shoes. <laughs> Pretty Ricky. Pretty yes. Ricky, I like that term, man. That is good. Um, so what uh, what do you, what do you guys do as a family? So now you're all locked up together. Now you seem like a close family in general, though. But, but like, during this quarantine, what if, what do you guys do as a family to kind of get through this time? Mostly, I watch movies. Sleep and, and watch movies. And talking at the table from you guys do like a family dinner yeah dude so squid i'm sorry nah, that's, that's so so here's what so we everybody has a night so so here's a big question with six kids yep. how do you effectively train kids to be leaders because with that many somebody gets the list gets overlooked in, in terms of leadership. You can't have teach six people to lead six people or eight people. Right. So when I, first time I went, my first mission trip to Ghana, uh, dude, I, I was loving how the uh, the Ghanaian people were, man, just how they interacted with each other. Like they seemed to be like sometimes here in America it. That, that that pride of 
dogging out the person who's in leadership or you know looking down on the person who who's subordinate. I didn't see that in 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 Ghana. So I asked the guy in the village. I was like, man, how how is it that the older people listen to the younger people? The younger people respect the older people, and they even listen to them. And um, what's up, Kay? And he said this. He said, in in our village, when we notice my accent too. I don't know why I went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> in in our village, the story wouldn't be the story without the accent. In our village, when we name someone the leader. We follow that person. It does not matter how young they are or how old. Hmm. All of the elders give that person their insight. But when they make the decision, we all follow. So I took that and, and started thinking, okay, how what does that look like in my family? So with six kids, every child has a day to lead. So my oldest son, his day is Monday. My oldest daughter, her day is Tuesday. My my middle daughter, Wednesday, so you get the point. Andrew's yeah. day is Thursday. So on Thursday, we automatically know, what's up? Hello, uh, Jess Hudson. On, on, on Thursday, Andrew automatically knows that whenever somebody prays in the family, he's going to be the one who prays. If there's a decision that needs to be made, what are you going to say? You mean on Thursday? I said, I said, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Uh, he used to make sure I said the right day. So he gets to pick the movie that night as well. That type of stuff. If, if it's a kind of sorta, we kind of the movie get we we decide we go back and forth. <laughs> but if there's a if we feel like one person needs to choose that whosever day it is, they will choose which which vehicle we drive. That person picks that vehicle. When we first started the quarantine, that person led family devotions or family Bible study. Then we implemented week before last, whichever your day to lead is, you got to feed the family. So they got to cook. So Thursday, Andrew knows he's got to cook dinner, bro. So wait, so you've got, you have six kids and then there's you and your wife. So that means somebody doesn't get a day to lead. Who, was that you? You get, you get, you just get to sit back and watch it all happen? Sometimes I typically it, I leave it up to like, I'll, Throw it to my wife to lead on one day, or I'll lead, or we might share responsibilities. Depends on. So okay, I got a couple couple things from this, and just uh, just as a reminder, as everyone's coming in here, you're watching Calling Comedians with uh, in quarantine with Jason Earls, and I'm Timmy Boyle up on top. Um, two things I want to bring up based on everything you just said there. Number one, um, I we the tour that we run up here, the circuit tour. Uh, that we've been running over the last nine years here, we have we have a roster of eight eight comics that that I not only try to promote good headlining acts, but we also are trying to raise up a generation. Um, how do you see as a leader in comedy as well taking that same sort of mentorship that you do with your children um, in terms of the comedy realm? Do you have do you have comics that you're investing in? How do you see your mentoring role as a comedian in the comedian world? That's a great question. So one thing I'm doing is I do have some comedians that I started Wiley Comedy Night. And that is, that's in Wiley. And I have a few comedians that we, we talk, we chop, talk shop. The goal is to build them up to where they can start actually run the room when I'm not there. Mm -hmm. uh, and within the CCA, I've been meeting with, uh, well, I kind of don't want to get into this because I hadn't rolled out the program publicly. Yeah, fair enough. But there, there are individuals that I've been meeting 
meeting with um, on, a, on a consistent basis. And then the goal is kind of like what, with my kids. It's leadership, a lot of great leadership is modeling. So you kind of create, my, my own organic philosophy is you create an or, organic system of, of the consistency that you want to see. And then once that happens, you disperse those who you've been doing consist doing this consistently with, and then you do that. Like so, you you empower them to do that same same thing. It's kind of like uh, I know it's one dude did it with twelve people, and uh, one of them didn't work out so well. Kind of <laughs> like he sold them out in the end. Now I, so. I know for a fact that I've got um, on our feed right now. There's. Um, it looks like at least three of the members on our mentoring uh, squad. So on Upstanding Comedy, we have, we have eight, eight people that we're mentoring, giving stage time to, helping develop their sets. Um, what would you say, you might even know if there's uh, some others on here. But yeah, uh, Lady K is in here. What would, you say, what would you say is the number one piece of advice for an up and coming comic? What, what would you leave that to them with? No one to shut up. This is like so. Uh, and, and that, I say that strongly kind of funny, but here's that like a, a shut up is layered. Maybe I need to come up with the acronym for it. Um, so uh, let's make up one now. The, the S is to shh, well, well, sit, like just sit down. Don't feel like, and what I mean by sit down is a lot of times there's this reality that a lot of comedians are looking for an applause or laugh from, from other human beings in their own heart. Not mm -hmm. in terms of jokes, but there's some type of approval that they're looking for. And that causes comedians just to consistently run. Like, man, I, I, I need some approval. I wanna, I wanna be affirmed here. I wanna be affirmed here. Yo, sit down, relax. Like, sit down and rest. Don't feel like you always gotta be on all the time in front mm -hmm. of older comedians to prove yourself. Uh, then I guess the H, the H is humble, you know, and just, uh, man, just stop thinking that you are that because the reality is you're not. <laughs> if, if, if you were some type of amazing comedian, you, you probably would be at a whole nother place right. and you only get to that whole nother place by, well, you can get it now another route but God God opposes the proud God mm. stiff arms the, the proud so if you are if you're arrogant uh, they would the Bible specifically says I hate to sound churchy but the Bible says man that God will straight up stiff arm a lot of the stuff that you do so be humble uh, and then you will be usher what I mean by usher is just help find ways to help others if you really want to get ahead in this comedy world Find ways to help. See what other up, see what other people are doing, and how can you benefit this? I was just on a phone call with two different people. I've got some comedy stuff that I'm doing that I don't see anybody else doing, and nobody else is doing this. So I started doing it, and then I talked to these other comedians like, "Yo, how come you're not doing this?" I tell y'all, I know y'all like, "What is it? What is it?" So I started telling these comedians. One was a comedian, one was a DJ. So man. Here's what you need to do. Go to this website. Do this. Once you take that step, if you need help with the other one, I will help you. 
So that's what usher, help, find ways to serve. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant. So the greatest comedian is not the, the one who's getting the most laughs per minute. The greatest comedian among you is the comedian who's serving the most. Well, and, that, and I think you're right, too, about how, I mean, that can happen at any level. Like, it's great advice for young comics. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't young in life, and I wasn't even long, young at entertaining, but in the realm of, of stand-up, when Leland Claussen had given me the opportunity to come in um, and open up a door to actually do stand-up like 12 years ago, um, I started the circuit tour uh, only a couple years after I went full-time comedy, and people were, like, shocked, going, why in the world are you, like, you should just be taking over the area now. Why are you bringing up other comics into your zone? Why are you helping um, all these other younger comics? Like, like, just focus on your stuff, just build your brand, do your thing. But I realized very early on, and I mean, not, not just in comedy, but in life, it's like, no, no, yeah. you, you know, we, we as human beings and as comics, no matter what level you're at, you should always have somebody that you're learning from, somebody that you can uh, uh, talk to at your peer level and somebody that you're investing in. There's always somebody at all those levels. And we're only as strong as, as you know, like you said, you know, not just learning, but but giving that knowledge back to someone else at all times. It's it's another. Y'all see this comedian in here? Nah, her name is Katrina. We call her K Mac. But I was just, uh, I guess, about an hour and a half ago. I stopped into K Max. I saw that she was. I got a notification that she was going live, and I just stopped in her live just to show her some love. Dude, she was. She, she was reaching out saying, hey, I want to highlight some entrepreneurs. If you've got your own mm -hmm. business, I want to be able to promote you. That's, she, I don't, unless K-Mac, you were trying to get some money for it. I don't think she was. I think she's just trying to find ways during this time yep. to help other business people. That's, that's that usher piece. What's you know? the, uh, what, what's the T just to end that off? You need that. You need to close off the shot. Yeah. I, the, the T would, uh, you just be, built this acronym. You got to finish right the here. It is the T would be t toil, like work, work your tail off, like stop settling for the yeah. laughs. Like, how many times do you ever told a joke and you like, yeah, it's there, and you just left it, and then later on you realize, like, snap, I got some more work to do with this joke. Yeah, yeah. So consistently toil. I another thing I say is that the most deceptive thing for a comedian is a laugh. Mm. Because the laugh is, the, the laughs make you think that the job is done. Yeah. And so you tell a joke and people laugh and you like, ah, got it, ah, 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 that's deceptive. So you gotta, you gotta keep just working, 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 even, even where I am, I think I've gotten to a place where God has allowed me to see some success, but it's nowhere where it should be. But along the line, sometimes we get successful. We also get a little satisfied. And, uh, and when you get satisfied, you stop working much. So you got to consistently put yourself in a position where you learn to toil. Well, and, that's not, and that's not even just with, with getting... Nice, successful per se. Like I was talking to to a comic very young in the game, um, and I mentioned that I could, you know, that uh, after seeing one of his sets, that I, you know, that I'd be willing to help with some of his writing if he, if he, you know, if he wanted that help. Um, yeah. And his response was, you know, um, you know, why are you saying I'm a, I'm a bad comic and blah blah blah? And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm simply just saying. He's like, well, I, I got laughs like every few seconds, and it's like, yeah, but you, 
could get bigger. Like, 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 like all of us are at that, like, like that sense of going, like you just said there, he was already, and he's like super young in this game already kind of going, Oh, but I was getting laughs. It's like, yeah, but you, what you're now telling me that you now you don't have to improve. Like you can't improve yeah. those laughs. You can't get those bigger. You can't make them more. Right. Um, and, and he seemed to already be kind of going, Oh, well, there you go. I did it. And it's like, you did it. Like, you know, improvement never stops. Absolutely. Even Tiger, hey, Chris Rossetti, text that to me, man. Cause I just, that stuff came from the dome in my yeah. heart. And I, you just, you just created an acronym right, right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And I don't like acronyms. I can't stand when people use acronyms for everything. Like, dude, calm down, bro. <laughs> you know what juice is? Juice stands for just like, no, shut up. It just stands for juice. juice. It literally just stands for juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so text that to me, Chris Rosetti. Um, what were we saying? I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Hey, um, I, we're, uh, there's so much more. There was a lot of things I wanted to chat with you about, but we're 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 getting ready. We're coming up to our time here. Uh, that's the bell um, that uh, signals. I try to keep these things short because I know we're all really busy in quarantine here. So, um, but uh, but I did want to um, kind of close off with uh, with two things. Um, you are now the president of the CCA, the Christian Comedy Association. Yeah, hold up. Let's see. Uh, you have a curtain? <laughs> That's amazing. That is this was not planned, by the way. How many of those curtains do you have? I've got three. I've got um, a green screen, a white screen, and okay. a CCA. I feel like I should change my background, too. So <laughs> It wasn't That's as fancy hysterical. as yours. I had to get up and walk across the room. but That is too funny. So, okay, so you you got two terms that you got to do for the Christian Comedy Association? Um, two, two years? How does that work? Typically, every presidential term is two years. Okay. And, right. um, yeah, so it's funny, man. I, uh, GG is in the building. Listen, I'm sorry. GG is that guy. Man, GG is an amazing dude. Y'all need to follow Chi Chi. Hey, I don't have a... I don't have a chair on that side of the room. I'm coming back over to my chair here. My wife says, hey, Chi-Chi. She heard, she heard me yell your name. Um, yeah, so typically the CCA is one, uh, one two-year term. And Bone Hampton's in the building. So uh, I became, I, you know, it's funny, man. I really didn't want to be the president of the CCA. I just, uh, I didn't feel like I would make a good president, to be honest. I just felt like I watched all the presidents pri prior to me, and I just felt like they had great connections in the, in, in the entertainment world. And I didn't, Mike Hickman says, hey, Terry. And, uh, but then uh, somebody came to me like, man, Jason, we feel like the, the, the Christian Comedy Association has gotten away from a, from a spiritual basis, and we feel like you're the one to bring us back and to get us there. And 
when he said that, I felt like, man, if, if that's the case, I think it would dishonor God if I didn't. Hmm. If I didn't, if if people seeing that I could have a potential impact for, for God in this, you know, organization, uh, I think it would be prideful for me to make a decision on my insecurities. Hmm. Oh, snap. Did I just get real? And <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you need, now you need to create an acronym out of the word insecurity. Go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, let's go. <laughs> so, okay. So that's too long, dude. That's too as, long. So as we're, as we're closing up here regarding the CCA, this is fun. Um, I hate going to end this, man. Go ahead. That? Rick Hudson in the building. That comes from uh, Ossie North and Greyhound marching trombones. So two things. Number one, um, what do you have to say to those who are in the CCA right now that might be watching either now or later um, about kind of where this thing is going to go and the potential of it? And number two, how do people who maybe aren't connected with this as a, not just a place to learn about comedy, but to, to network and to be involved in that, that, that community, um, what, how would you ver just talk to each one of those groups right now? That's right. So the, the, the CCA people who are currently in it, those who are not. Yeah. Was there so, a third group? So, I'm so, no, so the people who are in it, what, what, what's the value of this? Where is this thing going? Why should they be more involved? And then the people who aren't in it, how do they get connected um, if, if they wanted to be involved? Right. Okay. So first thing I would say, man, um, as the president, my, my goal, what I'm trying to do, is trying to make sure we keep we're, we're setting up a system where the organization has a greater value and growing bigger uh and what that means is making sure that one person's voice is not the long voice for the cca so making sure that everyone uh and the board has has a say so in what the cca is where it where it's going um secondly i would say to those same individuals is i will go as we've seen the CCA evolve, it first started as a bunch of working comics getting together at one farm who were already professional and working mm -hmm. and how to help encourage each other uh, and how to make sure that they're taken care of spiritually and then to kind of chew the fat on what's working with comedy. So the, the goal from, from the onset was not to be as funny as you can. It was to help people cultivate and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, bottom line. Then as the organization began to grow, other comedians who did know Jesus started coming along and then the people who wanted to be comedians. And so it became where the great majority of the organization were no longer these professionals who were making a full-time living off of doing comedy it became a an organization of the majority of new comedians or up and coming comedians, comedians who come in looking for an opportunity to become great in insight. As a professional organization does, mm -hmm. if this is a professional organization, then yeah, and we claim to be comedians, like this is where we go to to become. And in the midst of that, somehow a loss of focus came in for the working comic. So one thing that we want to do is I would like to see for us to begin to get to a place professionally where the A-listers desire to come. 
So where let's you name Okay, them. fine, I'll be there. I'm coming, relax. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but to where I'm talking you name the A list. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the the comedians that we know who are in the Christian Comedy Association. But yeah. what about the stand-up comedians that you see on TV, on Netflix, in the movies, who God is drawing to Jesus, but they have nowhere to go where a bunch of people are assembling who are well-balanced in life, who actually know how to point people to Jesus and how to help people grow in discipleship. So, but they're not going to come if they show up and all people want is a picture or all people want is to, hey, help me write this joke better. Help me get on this platform. I don't think that's going to happen. So, again, so we want to encourage people to be fervent in their spirit, but also to be excellent in craft. And if you're not trying to be excellent in craft, maybe you should come on as a helper in the CCA as opposed to a CCA member. So, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what, I mean, what I like about what, what you're saying here is because this has been a battle for years in general, is the, I like, I like how you've thrown in some, some key words along the way, um, uh, you know, professional and craft and those type of things, because there is a misconception. Number one, there's probably a lot of people that didn't you even did know You did the third that. one with your middle finger only. I don't know if that was intentional. Hmm. Uh, now you got me in the, the acronym <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. So... But I don't even think a lot of people even knew that an organization like this existed. I, you know, the whole concept that not only is there comedy within the Christian realm that's happening, but that there's even a, a, a like, and you even called it a professional organization, which is another thing, because the standard of comedy, when people hear it connected to Christianity or faith-based at all, is often perceived as a lower standard of comedy. And I like how you're, you're sitting there saying that, though, this is, it's not about lowering the standard of comedy. You're saying it's about heightening the, the spiritual level, the, um, the, 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 the stuff that's not seen, the stuff that's off the stage, the character, all those things. Right. Um, it's not about lowering the standard of comedy. It's about, it's about bringing up that other stuff that can only help the comedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's, that's what we want to be. We want to be that, that safety place to where the working professional comedian can come to, be encouraged in his craft, but also to be equipped uh, in his spirit, man. So, so that's what I say. So I would say to the, secondly, to the, uh, well, let me say this first. Also, because we had to cancel the conference because of the coronavirus, uh, we're working on some things that, that had already been in the horizon, but the coronavirus has pushed those things forward to what we desire to do. I don't want to talk about them now, yeah, yeah. but just, just know that those, there are things coming down the pipe for us to do. So go ahead. You so where can, they, so where, where, can they find, where can they find out about it all? You can go to ccahaha.com, ccahaha.com or christiancomedyassociation.com. That was one of the first things I did as president. I tried to shorten the website. <laughs> you, wait, you tried? So you weren't, you weren't successful? Yeah, well, the idea we kept, basically we have two websites that go to the same thing. So it was okay. christiancomedyassociation.com is still, that's, I think that's easiest to remember. Right. But the short is ccahaha.com. 
Nice. There it is. Ron Fontenot. Listen, this Thank dude you, right Ryan. here is one of the greatest evangelists on the face of this earth. What's up, Ryan? Really good, good dude. And he's an amazing, amazing product guy. So, so to the comedians who are not involved with the CCA, I would say, hey, man, you have you ever gone to a place and you feel like you finally found your tribe? You were wandering around, like feeling like an outsider. You never necessarily found a place where you, a, a group of people where you feel right at home. That's, that's what the CCA is. You can find individuals who will walk you through uh, your hurts, who will expose their own hurts to, to you so that you can have, they can lean on you. I've received numerous of encouragement, push, uh, and sharpening in my comedy career because of, you know, the CCA. Not saying the CCA made that happen, yeah. but it created a context to where I could find members in my in my close the closeness of my tribe. Now, I don't know if you know if you know Joel Madison as uh, an is an awesome cat. I'm going to use I'm going to call him a cat cuz he he called me he called me a cat. I think when he was on here on the show, but um, Joel Madison is asking, is there a Jewish comedy association? That leads me to two questions. Number one, um, is there one and do you know about it? And number two, what if there isn't? And can people come to the Christian Comedy Association and not be Christian? Listen, hey, uh, Joe, I don't know if you know Melvin Hillitzer. Melvin Hillitzer is a, uh, a writing professor at Ohio State University. He wrote a book called The Comedy Writing Secrets. I think it's the best comedy resource hands down, especially the, the old version. Uh, the one that's new in print, uh, it's still good, but the old one just is an academic, I think, masterpiece for comedy. Uh, so he's a Jewish comic who came and uh, he spoke at the CCA. Well, we welcome him as a part of it. So man, come hang out. There is a, um, so it, to your question, can you be a non-Christian and be a member? We, we, hey, I'll say if you're not a Christian and you're not a follower of Jesus, come hang out. Come hang out with us. As an organization, though, there is a, uh, a statement of faith that you have to sign. Right. So you can lie and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can lie inside it like, yo, we, uh, yeah, absolutely. We, and we talk through some Old Testament and agree and learn from some of my brothers who understand the Shema, Israel, Edonai, Elohim, Edonai, <laughs> you know, like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to learn all I can from my Hebrew brothers. So come on. I love, I, what I love, here's, here's what I love about you, my friend. And there's, there's I mean, amongst them, many things, but I, I love your passion. I was very excited. I mean, when I went down to the CCA uh, two, two years ago, um, I wasn't able to go last year, but when I found out that you were going to be the president, I remember I was in a room when you were kind of having your first kind of like, you know, presidential kind of little group there. Yeah. And I, I had shared some of my feelings of, of how I hadn't been there for a long time um, due, due to, you know, just environment. And what, what I love and appreciate about you is, is not just your passion, but the genuineness behind your passion. And I'm very excited about, about uh, the, the opportunities going forward. Uh, with it. And so, uh, you know, please, you know, if, if, if 
you know, if, if you can draw anything from me, you know, continue to keep in touch and, and reach out. I'd certainly, but I appreciate what you're doing and I'm glad that you're, you're heading up this organization, especially like I said before, there's people out there that didn't even know this is a, 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 a thing, let alone yeah. the fact that it can be a thing that's just as quality as that's what would be considered of the world, um, that the comedy doesn't necessarily is not worse. It, in fact, sometimes it's at par, maybe even better than, than some, but. Absolutely. And uh, whatever I can do for you as well, man. You know, I know at one point, dude, 2000, right after I left you all, man, things got really busy and I didn't have an organized system. So I was just, man, I was dropping all kinds of balls, uh, you know, during that time. So I know during that time, I can go back to me like, oh, snap, Timmy Boyle emailed me like three months ago? Snap. <laughs> <laughs> so the system is a lot better now, dude. So whatever I can do, dude. That's all right, man. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you came on, uh, came on here today. And um, we're, uh, we got a great lineup coming up. But just so you know, um, if, you, uh, if you go to Timmy's Shorts on YouTube, um, all, the, all of these episodes, and this might be something that maybe, maybe it can be encouragement for people in the CCA to let them know that we've been talking to, like you're the 26th comic we've had on here from all around North America, wow. all different levels of comedy, um, with many more that lined up. We got Cleto Rodriguez coming on tomorrow. That um, is my guy. And so uh, Tim, Timmy's Shorts on YouTube is where all of these episodes are ultimately going to be uploaded and all the ones to come. So um, maybe it can be an encouragement to, to the guys from the CCA to, to know about that. And I'm just having to, I want people to just be able to talk about comedy, maybe laugh a little bit and be able to see comedians, you know, in their offstage kind of lives and, and hear the stories behind them. So. No doubt. Hey, um, let me say this to you, man, dude, I've seen you over the years and dude, you've been super, super consistent, man. You've been diligent in your work. So I'm, I want to share a verse with you if you don't mind. Uh, sure. it's, yeah, my favorite book is Colossians. Colossians 4.17, Paul says to tell Archippus to take heed to the ministry that you've received from the Lord and fulfill it. So do it. And what I see you doing is that whole idea of taking heed is like pay, pay close attention to and, and work that bad boy. And you work and you work it, dude. So I see you and just keep going after it, dude, and fulfill every single doggone thing that the Lord places in your heart to do. Thanks, man. Well, I can tell you this, this quarantine time has, uh, has put me into another creative spurt. And I've been talking to a lot of comics who have shared the same thing. This is the time for yeah. us to, to create and to write and to, and Joel Madison, I believe was, was talking about the fact that this is a good time to, because we can't focus on the actual performing to really yeah. begin to focus again on the craft. Right. Dude, can we, I know, dude, I know you run it. We, we out of time, bro, but I, I want to take like Joel's question. I don't know if you, we need to stop this and do another one, or we just, Joel, you need to reach out to me because I really want to answer that question. But <laughs> I probably need to put this banner up so I won't be a spokesperson for the CCA on that answer. What was the question? What was the Hold question? Hold on. We got to do the music again. I'll just put this one there. I got to get myself one of those banners, man. I need dude. to change my backgrounds. That's amazing. Dude, it's, it's one of the best things ever. $64 on Amazon. <laughs> so his question is, a question always rises about drug jokes and smoking pot jokes. And is that considered clean or okay in the Christian community? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't even see that one. That, dude, Joe, that is a, that is a great question. Actually, I'm, I'm currently writing an article 
on that right now. Um, and it, it's with the idea of this Christian comedy have to be family friendly. Joe, you know, since you are a Jewish guy, when you look at the Old Testament, like in, in books, and like, especially like in uh, Ezekiel uh, or Isaiah or Isaiah, as you would say, man, a lot of the things that God uh, told Ezekiel and Elijah to do oftentimes was very, uh, let's just say, out there. Uh, the way that God talked about Israel and their affinity towards other gods or other cultures that were godless, um, man, the stuff, those, those comparisons are very graphic, even sexual in nature. And if you speak about those things in a church sometimes, they will look at you as uh, inappropriate. It's kind of like the same issues that some of the scribes and Pharisees had with Jesus. Jesus came and was going against the system. Uh, Jesus, who we uh, believe is the Messiah, when he came on the scene, he was, like, he was just going about things in a different way to where you know, the Jews were saying, hey, the Messiah is going to come and he's going to you know, shift things around for the, uh, for the Israeli government, and we're going to run it. She was like, yeah, I'm setting up a government for us, but it's not necessarily as deep as, you know, like, look like you think right now. It will be, but right now, they're like, ah, oh, it's not the way we want it, so we are, ah, you know, we share the clothes. And the same thing I see in churches, man. There's some churches who are like the Pharisees, like if – if they don't have the right clothes on, if they don't say use the same language, then it's inappropriate. So the family friendliness is the standard. But in Christianity, uh, in the book of Colossians, again, uh, it talks about how Christ is the preeminent one, how he's supposed to be the number one. So if family friendliness becomes the standard, that shifts Jesus from being preeminent to family friendliness being preeminent. So family friendliness, which is an American problem, becomes the God of, the, of America. So because we, because it doesn't fit the family, where it doesn't fit some of the stuff that God does address, in particular in the Old Testament, it's all the way appropriate. Uh, even in, in, in Galatians, Galatians 5, where it talks about uh, sorcery. Sorcery isn't, and, which is witchcraft, it's not like we think. But it has the idea of drugs. The Greek word is pharmakia. I'm sorry to get so deep. I hate getting this deep because <laughs> it's not funny. But so the idea is like, of course, like I, I smoked a lot of weed growing up well, like in college because no one in the church ever told me what the Bible has to say about weed or anything. So yeah, absolutely, I, I would say, Joel, we actually absolutely need to talk about it. Well, there's a guy, so Martin Frank's World. I think you can see Martin Frank's World on your screen there. Um, Martin Frank's World, he, uh, a, who I met when I met Joel um, at uh, the uh, Clean Comedy Challenge, uh, Leslie Norris Townsend and Joby Sad's competition there. Uh -huh. um, so Martin Frank's, though, is a pot smoking Uber driver, and he is crazy funny. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites down at the challenge. Um, but uh, so... Um, but I think like when I was watching him, I, I was kind of like, you know, um, he was, it was, a, it was a lot of pot jokes driving the Uber, but I still didn't see it as being offensive. Like it was, it was crazy yeah. funny stuff. 
Absolutely. And I think we're like what, even for networks, like let's not even talk about church. Let's talk about networks who didn't, who, who at years ago, what was inappropriate can, some of the stuff is now appropriate. So, you know, years ago, certain things, they weren't talking about sex, but now they're more sex. Years ago, they weren't doing homosexual um, or, you know, uh, the LGBT stuff. So, but now they have that stuff up there. Uh, I'm not saying that I, I agree with that camp, but I'm right. saying but that was looked at and it's not appropriate and they have it on TV now. So what was at one point may not be clean necessarily now. Um, uh, so I'm getting this uh, countdown. It says 1:25 left. I guess uh, live. All right. Only, I think that lives are only Dude, allowed to go for an hour or something. So yep. it's starting. It's starting to like count down. So um, let's just close this thing off, and we'll we'll set up another time for you to do this. But um, how do people find you quickly? You've got a minute. Like, how do people find you? Jason Earls. Just Google Jason Earls. It's, everything's at Jason Earls. Jason Earls comedian or comedy. Jason Earl's comedy. Jason, yeah. thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. We will stay connected for sure. And uh, we'll get you back on because obviously there's way more we could be talking about, my friend. Absolutely, dude. All right, buddy. Thank you, man. All right. Tell the wife well. and said hello. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Calling Comedians Inca Quarantine. Please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, and ring the little bell so you and your friends don't miss any of the laughs. Episodes will be uploaded here at Timmy's Shorts daily until I run out. And be sure to check out the description below for links to connect with myself or my guests on social media, support us by buying merchandise, and also download the podcast version of this show. Until next time, remember, your brain, it's for thinking, not for eating. So just say no to zombies. My name's Timmy Boyle.